This week, in the United States, we swore in a new president. Leading up to that, tensions were high, and politicians were actively encouraging conspiracy theorists and domestic terrorists. Even with a new president, we're still in a transition period, a time of great uncertainty. This is also a time that we will hopefully close doors to old problems and open doors to new solutions. So it seemed like an appropriate time to talk about a God of new beginnings, transitions, and very specifically, doors and door frames. This God also had power over the beginning and the end of conflicts. Coincidentally, the month of January was named for this God. So, this week felt like as good a time as any to talk about the Roman god, Janus. If you've seen the James Bond movie, Goldeneye, then you've heard of Janus. Janus was the name the mystery bad guy in the movie went by, only to be discovered at the end to be the thought-to-be-dead 006 Alec Trevelyan. The codename Janus, it turned out, was a reference to the two faces of the god since Trevelyan faked his death and betrayed his country and his friend, James Bond. This is pretty fitting with our modern interpretation of someone being two-faced. We've even got a Batman villain who's literally named Two-Face. Two-faced people are backstabbing or playing both sides for their own gain. But that's not really what Janus was all about. In Latin, Janus translates to something like an arched or covered passageway or a doorway. The name also has similarities to a Sanskrit word meaning to go. Janus was depicted as having two faces usually front and back, so one looked ahead and one looked behind. He was associated with doorways, since he could look forward and backward when entering or exiting through a doorway. There was also symbolic meaning to this, though, since Janus became associated with transitions, change, and beginnings and endings. Some Romans called Janus Morning Father and would invoke him at the beginning of the day. He was associated with both concrete and abstract things, so he could be invoked at the beginning or end of an event, period of time, or even a birth 
or a marriage. Janus is one of few gods the Romans didn't recreate from the Greek pantheon. Some credit the Romans with Janus being a distinctly Roman god because of this. However, a two-faced god, Isimud, showed up in Sumerian art, and a reproduction of this god, named Usimu, showed up in Babylon. In Hinduism, the creator god, Brahma, has four faces, as does the Slavic god, Svetovid. So the Romans maybe weren't completely creative when coming up with Janus. Regardless of the origin, Janus is a bit of an enigma. He was extremely important to the Romans, but he didn't seem to have the staying power and sex appeal that so many other gods and goddesses from ancient polytheism had that's made them well-known even today. But the Romans believed that Janus was present at the beginning of time, guarding the gates of the heavens. It was only because of his gatekeeping that Jupiter was able to travel between the heavens and the mortal realm. Janus was even invoked at the beginning of most religious rites, whether they were for Janus or not, because he was the beginning of everything. The goddess Vesta was invoked at the end of these rites. This is because Janus didn't just represent the beginning, but also the end, including the end of time. Vesta was associated with a fire that could not be extinguished, and the hearths of homes as well as the symbolic hearths of cities. Vesta represented the burning fire of mankind, a symbol of life. Janus was a representation of the beginning and the end of conflicts, making him a god of war as well. When Rome was founded by Romulus, he quickly realized that there were not enough women to maintain the population of the new city. So he sent emissaries to the neighboring cities, asking for wives. These cities refused because they weren't willing to hand over their daughters and sisters, and they saw the growing power of Rome and knew they could become a serious threat if allowed to grow in population. The Romans decided to take things into their own hands and, through some trickery, were able to carry off a large number of women from the neighboring city of Sabine. One version of this story involves Janus causing a volcanic spring to erupt onto the men, injuring or killing a large number of the Roman men and saving many women. A war broke out between the Romans and Sabines, but eventually a truce was declared and Rome 
was allowed to grow in size. A small temple to Janus was built in Rome, part of which still stands today. This temple was called the Janus Geminus and consisted of little more than gates. The gates of this structure were left open during times of war as a representation of the unrest and a symbol of keeping gates open to allow servicemen to return home. During times of peace, the gates would be closed to symbolically keep peace inside the walls and to keep war out. Obviously, in ancient Rome, the gates stayed open most of the time. But when they had been closed and needed to be opened to show the people there was war, a group of soldiers would be marched through the open gates as a symbolic gesture. While the gates were open, sacrifices may have been made in the small structure to ask for the safe return of soldiers and success on the battlefield. Another temple to Janus was built in the Forum Holatorium, which was a large Roman market. This temple contained a statue of Janus holding up his hands. One hand represented the number 300, and the other 65, the number of days in a year, to depict his mastery of time. There may have been another temple to Janus at one end of an enclosed section of a prominent road known as the Forum Transitorium. This temple would have contained a structure called the Arch of Janus. Another structure dedicated to Janus also stood somewhere along the Tiber River, although it's unclear where or even what exactly the structure was. It's thought that the original structure was likely an early wooden bridge. The river marked the border between Rome and Etrusca. And since Janus was the god of coming and going, he would have been invoked whenever trips across this river needed to be made. Some scholars believe that this voyage may have had religious importance, like a pilgrimage of sorts, and would have required a specific frame of mind and attitude of worship to complete. Some modern scholars believe Janus may have been a deus otiosus, or an idol god, This is a god associated with creation, or the beginning of all things, who continues to exist beyond the beginning, but takes no part in his creation again until the end. Some of the Romans may have felt this way about Janus as well, but it's clear that many of them found importance in invoking him. Janus was associated 
with the winter solstice, which would have occurred around December 25th. He would then be invoked on January 1st for the beginning of the new year. The Romans were strong believers in superstition and omens and believed that the beginning of an event was often a predictor for how the rest of the event would go. So they felt that on January 1st, they should set a precedent for the rest of the year. They took most or all of the day off work and would greet each other with blessings and would give each other strinae, which were gifts consisting of items like honey, figs, dates, and coins that were considered to be tokens of good luck. Many Romans would provide gifts to Janus of items like spelt and salt. On January 9th, a ram would be sacrificed to Janus by religious leaders to further invoke his favor for the year. These celebrations and sacrifices would have coincided with the celebration to the god Sumanus around the time of the summer solstice. At the calend, or beginning, of every month, a sacrifice would have been made to Janus to continue to garner his favor throughout the year. At the same time, a sacrifice would often be made to the goddess Juno, who was associated with marriage, vitality, aid, and protection of the state. Clearly, Janus was both meaningful and beneficial to the Romans, often seen as the determiner of how an event would play out. He was reliable, so the Romans at least knew that Janus would be at the beginning and the end of an event, no matter how it transpired. Janus also makes waves in our modern world, although you may have missed it. Janus has been used as the name of many organizations and businesses, not to mention showing up in the scientific community. Janus particles are manufactured micro or nanoparticles that have two faces, with each face exhibiting different physical or chemical properties. You also may remember from the news in 2019 the birth of a cat with two faces, who became known as Duo the Two-Faced Cat. Duo was born with a rare condition called diprosopus, but cats with this condition are colloquially called Janus cats. Duo is owned by a veterinarian and is still alive today, living a full, happy life. Thanks for listening to this episode of Wise. A new patron episode was just released today, and starting next week, 
patrons will be able to access episodes a day early. Patrons help me create new content by giving feedback and ideas, as well as helping me cover costs associated with podcasting. Please consider becoming a patron and get access to two extra episodes a month at patreon.com slash wisepodcast. You can also find me on Instagram and Twitter at awisepodcast or email me at awisepodcast at gmail.com.